Not you coming for Jack Harlow. He was the first white industry plant that came to my mind. I apologize. Uh, no Jack Harlow is not an industry plant. He's been he in the industry. industry so I'm going to scream. No, no. I mean, he might be an industry plant. I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you know my history with Jack Harlow. Like, oh yeah, I, that's true. That's I forgot about that. That was a random. <laughs> yeah, I used to make it. We don't kill. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the fourth and final season of Atlanta and also the legacy of the Donald Glover created show. And joining me today to discuss all things Popeye's chicken, black sushi. Don't talk to them unless you're built like thick George Judy. It's Abu Bay and TMT. How are you guys Woo. doing? Woo! I'm, I'm good. good. Thinking about the first time I had Popeyes and the first time I had sushi. I'm not going to tell you which one I liked more, so Demarcus doesn't come for me. But it was it was Popeyes. <laughs> you tried to be a good black person, but you know what you like more. Like it's, it's just Popeyes. Yeah. TMT, welcome back. First time since we spoke about Atlanta season three. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It would be you, you have a room in this house, so like. Hi. Yeah, hi, listeners. Well, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Atlanta. We liked season three. We obviously, some things tested our patience in terms of, like, personally, like I've been saying ever since I liked season three a lot. As a season, maybe some things didn't work for me, but in terms of, like, some of the episodes, they're just spectacular, apart from the one, which I still think is the worst Atlanta episode ever made. But let's not, we're not here to talk about season three of Atlanta. Yeah, don't worry. No, no anthology is here to plague you this time. And the only anthology I think might should actually win the best the Oscar for best documentary short film because I I think <laughs> I think the anthology episode in this season is just incredible. Truly. Well, when I get into all of that, um, quick admin before anything else, we are talking about the White Lotus season two on this feed. So if you're watching the White Lotus, or if like everybody you've been season one and now you're watching season two, please check our feed for all thoughts on White Lotus. Um. Obiora and I spoke about episodes two and three last week, and all things being equal, Haja should be back for the rest of the White Lotus season. I'm enjoying this season, but apparently that might be an unpopular opinion. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Also, we've like put out our very long thoughts on Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So, if you watch that movie like most of the world, please check out our thoughts on that. It's a very long episode, so it's fine if you want to listen to the episode in installments. No one's gonna, no one's gonna judge you. Um, finally, this is, this is TMT week. So you're listening to the first episode of TMT week. Uh, he's going to be back later this week to join AO and I to recommend some shows, some of our best shows this year that you probably didn't hear about. So we're going to talk about shows that people weren't talking about on the timeline. So not House of the Dragon, not, uh, are you, are you warming up? Yeah. Not House of the Dragon or Rings of Power. The yeah, deep cuts, exactly. people. The deep we're, cuts. We're going to try and get some, some deep cuts for you guys. Um, I already know some shows that people are, that AO and TMT are trying to recommend. So we're, going, we're trying to go as deep as possible. Um, and then not to spoil a future appearance, but that's in a few weeks' time. TMT will be back when we're going to discuss one of the best shows of the year. I'm not going to say what show it is, but I'm also going to give my top 10 that year, that episode. So yeah, he's going to make up for lost time, TMT, in the next few weeks. Um, 
all that being said, if you want to know when those episodes drop, what do you have to do? You follow us on whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Also, please rate us. Give us five stars. Just just put the five stars there. Um, support black business. Black businesses. Please. As, as, even if we're a sushi restaurant in a blockbuster, just give us our five, <laughs> five stars. Um, big, big facts. Just imagine that you've just watched Queen and Slim and your rationalism <laughs> is high. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about TV shows in the next few weeks. Right in time for your holiday binge. So please follow us. If you're listening on YouTube, please um, like, subscribe, and click that bell so you get notified about new episodes. Okay. I guess we talk about Atlanta season four. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'll start with you, TMT. What did you think of this season as a... As, as a season of television, as a season of Atlanta. Um, damn. The thing is, I don't want to say, I don't want to, because season two was so good, mm-hmm. but I don't want to use the term return to form because I feel like, I mean, season three is at this point considered the weakest season of Atlanta, but for a lot of TV shows, oh, wow. their best seasons, you know, it's considered the weakest season, but for a lot of TV shows, it would be their best season. <laughs> it, would, it would be the, their best season yeah. ever. Like season three was a really good season, but I, I think, felt yeah, it, it, sorry, sorry to really sorry to yeah. interject, but I felt really bad the way I've been down on season three because I I don't think it's a bad season at all, and I actually like a lot of the episodes of season three. I just felt like as a season it didn't gel as much like as I it wanted. As yes, but then I was like, no, because a lot of and I think when. Sorry, again, I'm sorry to jump in ahead, but when people do binge, like I think a lot of people binge season three, when people binge the entire show, you wouldn't feel that dissonance, right? I think part of it is because we mm-hmm. waited, what, three years, two years for season three, mm-hmm. and then we were... So, yeah, I, like, you, like you said, yeah, it, it's... Diff- saying Return to Form is a bit harsh because, like, it's always yeah. been good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, continue. No, yeah, I mean, it's literally that. Um, the se- The season is incredible. I think... My favorite thing about it is kind of like taking me back to what to what Atlanta really is. It's um you know those TV shows like um um Hey Arnold where there's no um continuity but there is. There's like progression but yeah. there's no continuity. Yeah. That's what yes. Atlanta is. It's just like adventures, you know. Um so I guess every season like a year or two passes and uh, you can tell they're like slightly more successful, but it doesn't show like how they got from here to there. And I really like that, honestly. It's not, yeah. it's not the main focus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think season four does my favorite thing for a show like Atlanta, which is that like, it just shows me like that everyone is going to be okay, except for Darius. Darius might die like by accident. <laughs> <just for. laughs> if he's not like if he's not dying in the tank right now, but we'll get to we'll get to Darius. Um, I love that Hey Arnold is your go-to show for like. Lack of content, like that's the show that you went, went yeah, for. You could have like a show about nothing. Yeah. You could have literally used any comedy in the last thirty years. And like you yeah. the office, yeah. and like no. even the one that's called a show about nothing. Yeah, Seinfeld. exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, what do you think of season four? I liked it a lot. Um, I agree with what TMT just said. You know, in in the sense that a lot of season one was watching these people hang out in Alfred's house. And now season four, we see a little bit of them also hanging out at Alfred's house. But this is just one of those things where you really see that the term struggle shows is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like in season one, these people were struggling. Like <laughs> it was almost like there was no hope. You could see the despondency, all that stuff. Now they're just chilling. They don't have to think about like where the next meal's coming from. 
They don't have to think about where money might come from. They're making time for each other. They're getting business done. Earn is actually a good manager that's not trying to book them in college girls' rooms instead of hotels. God, like, I'm just remembering. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you think about all those bad decisions and you can, you know, you can really see, um, you know, like we just said, progression without um, prescribed continuity. You can see that they're learning from mistakes. Yeah. You know, you can see that Ern is somebody who is more confident in his ability to provide, which is something that he's always wanted to do. You can see that, well, Darius hasn't changed too much, but you can see that he's kind of been able to assimilate into a world that he doesn't necessarily understand, but like he's kind of made peace with being confused with everything around him. And mm-hmm. Alfred is finally kind of comfortable with himself. You know, there was always Alfred, the quiet guy who's just like a good boy. And then there's paper boy who wants to be a big rapper that has a certain image. And now I think Alfred is finally comfortable with the relationship between himself and paper boy. He's okay being those two people, not just, not necessarily at the same time. Or, or separately, but I guess both depending on what the situation requires. And I think, you know, he's made a lot of progress in the area of being okay with the fact that Paperboy might not last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's fine with kind of just letting things go and allowing himself to be himself, you know, spend time with his family, enjoy his money, just have peace. Yeah. Peace is something these people didn't used to have, and now they have it. So I'm happy yeah, about that. Yeah, put a pin in that. We're going to get to that in a, in a second. Um, I obviously agree with you guys' points. I really like season four as well. I mean, there was a point, maybe at the beginning of the season, when I was like, oh, I've, are we in a tricky situation because they are, like, successful now? Like, can Atlanta still tell that story? Like, do we like them because they were fighting against... Like, obviously, even last season, they were fighting against European, so like they were out, still fish out of water. I was like, I need to tell a story or stories from a, a uh, what they call it, successful point of view, and then they did. <laughs> Just in summary, they, they were able to. Um, yeah, they did. And I think we're going to talk about legacy quite a bit on this episode, mostly because we're going to talk about legacy Atlanta leaves, like, like I mentioned earlier. But I think this season is also very, very focused on legacy. It's focused on growth and outgrowing your your position. I think for Alfred, that's a bit like, what does it mean to be an aging rapper? Um, a rapper that is very... It's, it's funny because we never... We didn't really see Alfred's rap career. Yeah. He just started and was hustling and then he came and he was successful and now he's almost like dead. Like he's almost, he's almost like Chief Keef in a family movie kind of um, situation. So yeah. he's trying to make peace with that. What does that actually mean? What does this second act look like? And and I think for Earn, it, it's his own growth is a bit more personal and professional. It's like, okay, this, there's this new job opportunity in LA. Um, and also he's finally in a position where he's the man that deserves the, the family he had at the beginning. Like the family he has in the finale is the same family he had in the pilot, but it's just a, a man that is now ready to, to take that family and deserves Van and deserves Lodi. It's funny you said this show doesn't have much continu- continuity because that's obviously true. But I think season four, in a very low-key way, actually tells a continuous story. And I was like, this is, I think this is the first time they are doing it. It's definitely shown the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... I think it's reflective of the fact that they have peace. <laughs> yeah, simple things like Alfred wearing the, the boots yeah. because of what happened on the farm the previous episode. I was like, that's not something Atlanta mm-hmm. would normally do. Ooh. Alfred gets the plant at Blue Blood's funeral. Uh-huh. And that's obviously what triggers his, like, green thumb mm-hmm. with all the other mm-hmm. weed plants throughout the season. 
And yep. yeah, I was just like, oh, this is, you're actually telling a, con- for the first time in probably in all four seasons, you're telling like, they're, you're, you're laying. Because the time skips are smaller. Yeah, probably. You're laying through. I mean, the biggest time skip happens probably during the um, Young White Avatar episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he goes from managing yeah. Yodo Kid to Grammy. So that's probably the biggest kind of time skip within yeah. the story this season. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you're actually telling a, a, a continuous story. Because you could have easily just had the finale without Alfred wearing the boot. Unless um, Brian Terry Henry got injured, which I don't think that happened. Oh, so bullet, so bullet train. Bullet <laughs> train. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, you joke, but like part of the, I know part of the reason we didn't get much um Darius and Van this season because they were shooting um oh, why is this name skipping my mind now? The cowboy movie with Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors. The harder they, harder they, harder fall. they fall at the box office. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was a Netflix movie. That's so rude. That's so rude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rude. Uh but yeah no I think in oh, terms wow. of like telling a continuous story um we can actually track the evolution of Alfred and, and Ern's stories during the season. I think yeah, I'll and try their relationship. Lisa. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't think Ern, I think Ern has to go to therapy and also open up about what, about what happened to him in Princeton to be able that to have that conversation episode. with Van and Snipe Hunt. That's, that's a good episode. Yeah, man, I loved that. I think that's the best acting Donald Glover has ever done. If I, could, if I could imagine, like, bro, if I could imagine, if I could have imagined any specific way or even non-specific way for them to tell us what happened at Princeton and why he he, he left. Like I could not have come up with anything this good. Yeah, like yeah. It's so the, good. the content and the way it was delivered, the emotional payoff, and the fact that he's that despite all that, he still went to destroy this white lady's life. Yeah. <laughs> oh I like God. that. We he just a, we take a pause. Yeah. On, uh, let's take a pause on, on and stay on that episode in a second because yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that way too much. I feel like I shouldn't even feel bad. I enjoyed that way too much. I was was. just like, wow, bro. You really committed to this. Yeah, I thought she was the, obviously, the older version of the girl that was at Princeton with him. Yeah, I thought so too. At first, yes. I just didn't know that she was a racist woman at the airport. I was like, oh my God. I was like, like, white women age crazy. (laughs) My goodness. Like, bro. I was like, oh, so you just have money earned. Like, you you really do have money right now. No, like, because you know they baited us with that. Mm Because they showed her Mm -hmm. looking at this black guy in his apartment. And it's like, oh, like, she just has a thing for people. And then she's going to, like, discard him. But, like, that's another thing. I love the fact that, you know, like you just said, earn has money. That's something that started in season three, the way they show it. Like, they just casually do things that are, that can only be done by people who really have money. They have money now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, we, we don't even have to talk or think about it. They just have money. Ern is doing so, such interesting things. He even t- when he, in, in Snipe Hunt, he's telling Van, like, yo, this is not about companionship. Like, companionship can be bought at my level. What I want is you. And he's being so sincere about it. Like any other person saying that might sound, might sound douchey. Even he has a slight tinge of douchiness yeah. in it because you can't really say that without sounding douchey. Yeah. But because of but the way yeah. Donald Glover is like, his acting muscles are working so hard there. Mm-hmm. Like it comes off like really, really sincere. And I love that. And the way that they just have money is too funny. The fact that he decided on a whim to just get back at this lady. He's like, you know what? You destroyed my vacation. I'm going to destroy Quite a bit more for you. Let's see what I can Destroy do. Your like life, when man. I saw when I when I saw what's his name Terry. God, that guy. So, God, that guy's so annoying. When I saw him, I was Tracy, worried. No, Tracy. Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah, yeah. Tracy. When I saw Tracy, I was so worried. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> please don't let this guy come back. <laughs> I was like, please don't come back. <laughs> okay, Tracy. 
truly like and, and and you know it actually made sense because it's like that episode they were really playing with the expectations because like i said first it was with this lady and which was looking at the black guy but also like if you saw tracy again in this show this is basically exactly what you would expect him to be doing because yeah. his prospects were not like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he didn't want anything more like this is actually the kind of job he was even interviewing for yeah. in the last yeah, episode yeah. so it made sense that that was what he would want to be doing and actually be doing so they used all those expectations only at the end to tell us that oh no it was it was all a dream but in a different way in this case it was all a nightmare <laughs> so <laughs> obviously in the end of that particular episode Aaron says I need to go back to therapy which obviously we know he Bro, does because I oh, said yeah. yeah you really I do. think yeah and you that, need to commit to it this time. Yeah, that... I, no, I mean, to be fair to him, he did commit the first time. It's just that he still held on to his spite. Like, he, you don't you don't give up that Princeton information if you're not committed to therapy. That is, that is true. But it's just that he was like, I'm still going to destroy this woman. I was like, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't. And obviously, that plus realizing that maybe his job, wherever he works right now, is actually a terrible piece of shit. Like, they're supporting Ooh. this Karen who has made a book because oh. she put a gun out of book. So he's like, oh, okay, maybe I do need to take this personal Ooh. evolution and, and go to LA. And then he has... Sorry, I, I, I liked how they showed how they, like, they're somewhat independent and they have money, but Earn as an agent, works for mm-hmm. an agency, you know, and there's, like, all this kind of corporate stuff he still has to deal with. I think it's interesting to show that kind of price that's, or let's say that exchange that comes with, um, you know, being successful yeah. in, in that way. I, I, th- I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, like when he talks to like the head at the at the meeting, it's a very interesting back and forth because you can tell. I mean, I guess the last season and this one, they show that Earn is like bossed up. He has mm-hmm. more money, yeah. a lot more confidence. He dresses like a Nigerian man that lives in America. So like, bro, facts, big, yeah, big, big facts. Yeah. So like, he's just like a certain way now, and even the way he deals with his boss before he goes to that <laughs> D'Angelo kid, he's like, all right. Cool. Yeah, he's like, all right. He's just very confident. He's like, no one can tell him yeah. shit. Like last last, I'll go back to winning them um, to managing my superstar artist. Like, yeah. I'll be okay. You know, quite literally, so superstar artist who's probably paying their bills. Bro, uh, in fact, spe- speaking of paying their bills, one other thing I loved about that episode um, with the vengeance against airport ladies is <laughs> how well his therapist takes care of him. Like, mm. I feel like that's such an easy thing to miss. But they showed this therapist being so conscientious and thoughtful, like getting him that pillow. I'm like, I feel like that's not even such a big thing, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just loved it. I love, yeah, I that's really, ad, really loved that. That's an ad for getting a black therapist. If you're a black, see a black therapist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely truly. a big thing for someone like Ern because Ern literally says he only trusts Darius. Like the only person yeah. in the world that he trusts is Darius. Um, yeah. And obviously that leads to, I guess, the second bit of incredible acting Donald Glover does this season, which is the conversation with Van and, and Sniper, mm-hmm. which I really should have written down. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I knew I was rooting for Van and Earn to be Endgame until like that comment. I was like, oh wait, no, I do want you, I do need you guys to be together. Like, I do need you guys to finish this show yeah. together. I think I the actually, show makes you not think about it too much. Yeah, I was like, you, oh. You, you yeah. want it deep down. I think Van in Europe kind of like helped me make peace with the fact that if they don't end up together i'm happy for both of them in that mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. you know they'll be fine but yeah it's, it's it's nice like seeing that they got the opportunity to make that as a decision you know both of them that they wanted to do not like a thing they had to do because they had yeah. um Lodi and all of that i mean i guess also they're just like older because the season starts sorry the show starts probably like what mid-20s 
Because he's come back from Princeton. He hasn't finished. Yeah. So maybe he's like 23, 24. I would say yeah. it's been about five years. Because, I mean, you can kind of use Lottie as a benchmark. She was a baby. Mm. He had to carry on a bus yeah. where somebody was saying, bite the birthday, sandwich. Right? Yeah, and now she's six. So, yeah. So, so, yeah, six years. So, I'm thinking it's gone from like 23, 24 to like 30. So, it's like now they're in a position where they're actually like... And also if Ern, because Ern was older. So, if, so not Alfred is older. So, if Alfred mm-hmm. was like 26... Yeah, so he's like, he cannot be a street, I guess. Like, he can't be a street rapper yeah. anymore. Anyway, but we'll get to Alfred in a second. But yeah, no, I think you can just kind of see that progression that Ernie needs to do these things to get to a position where he can say the truth to Van, even though she says he's a bit too Kanye, but still, he's like, he's able to, to say everything that he really feels and and, and, and they oh, can man. become a family. And then that shot of, of Lodi, like, smiling at the end while Shade plays, it's like, oh, okay. Mm, it's yeah. just a really good shot. But yeah, I mean, speaking of evolution and growth, you have Alfred who, from the first episode with Blue Blood's death, he's like, what's actually going to be my legacy? Is it going to be five people appearing to my funeral? Is it going to be me <laughs> having an album for five months and no one knows about it? Like, And I think, because yeah. I went back to what the, the premiere and I was like, oh, that actually just sets in motion the entire season. Like, the, Ooh, like yeah. his entire arc throughout the season just starts from there. Like literally, yeah. I think it's the next episode. Or maybe it's episode three. It's episode three that's the young white avatar one where he's like, okay, look, yeah. if we can't become rich as in the kind of rich we want to be via arena tours or whatever, how do we do then it? Then let's live on this way. Yeah, yeah. do we go find a Jack Harlow? Do we go find a, a Yoruki? Like, what do we do? Are you coming for Jack Harlow? He was the first white industry plan that came to my mind. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, there was no- Jack Harlow is not an industry plant. He's been he in the industry. Plant. Not- I'm going to scream. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he might be an industry plant. I don't like, know. is he not an industry plant? Like, bro. Think Yo. real rapper gives industry plants. I won't lie to you. It's hard to. Oh my god! Lie to you. How long has Jack Harlow been out? Hasn't been. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you know my history with Jack Harlow. Like, oh yeah, I, that's true. That's I forgot it. about that. That was a rant. <laughs> <laughs> And that was you want to tell our listeners what your history with Jack Harlow is. Please tell them. I actually did oh say that you were going to talk about it the next time on the podcast. I completely forgot about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I used to make it. Okay, with his dying. Can you just give me a second? I don't understand what's going on. In 20, I want to say 2013. Yeah, 2013, I was, I was like 19. God, I'm old. I was making beats on SoundCloud. <laughs> and I was just putting them out. And I was just like enjoying myself. And this account hits me up. It's like, hey, I really like this beat. Can you send it to me? I want to do something with it. I'm like, yeah, sure, go at it. And then he sends me the track back. And, uh, you know, I might have to send it to you so you can play it. But like, <laughs> yeah, he just raps on it. And he's like, Harlow, my family name, God ambition, because I plan to be great. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And he's he's good. But like, I think at the time, his name was Mr. Harlow. So yeah, like, as I, as I live and breathe, I have a song that I made with Jack Harlow. It exists on the internet. Harlow, my family name, got ambition Cause I plan to be great and all I really want is a group of girls Like Danny, can you stand in my way with a hand in my face I'ma still throw it up, all the girls never suck and they got me There's a YouTube that archives all of his old unreleased music And the is worst thing about this Yeah, it's there The worst thing about it is that like The icon was my, it's my like old SoundCloud icon And it's just a picture of me holding a Fleet Foxes vinyl So the album art for this Jack Harlow song is me in a sweater holding a Fleet Foxes vinyl. It's just so bizarre. And I, I, have, I have like the widest grin on my face. I and mean, it looks like I'm happy that I walked with John Carlo. Meanwhile, he was Y'all 14. See. He was 14 at oh the time. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all see, TMT's already coming with the deep cuts. We promised. Yeah. <laughs> my point is going to be like, John Carlo like hosted and was musical guest on SNL like three weeks ago. Like, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's industry plan behavior. Like, how has it gone that kind of <laughs> How has it blown up that quickly? <laughs> <laughs> but like, we've um, only really been caring about Jack Har- I think the, the, the general consciousness has been caring about Jack Harlow maybe two years maybe two years was it two years that the so, song came out but okay, maybe two years I guess COVID I think, makes time weird yeah it was really the thing with Lona's ex that kind of took him to different heads mm-hmm. you think so Oh. I think that was, oh, was there something big before that? Maybe there was, I can't remember. I mean, his song, that song was big, wasn't it? Because people knew the song before, without knowing him. Like, people thought he was black. Which I one? Remember, I can't remember the, um, the main one. What's popping? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. fair enough, fair enough. But anyway, that's um, all I talked yeah. about. Sorry, before you go on, yeah. there's something I want to note, because we brought up Seinfeld earlier. And in the first episode of the season, there's a direct reference to it where, you know, Ern and Van get lost in the car, in the parking lot. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's like a, di- that's like Seinfeld. Was Seinfeld that like surreal? Mm, no, it wasn't that surreal, but there's literally an episode. It's one of the most famous episodes. I think it's called the parking lot. But like, if, oh. if, in fact, if you, if you go on Netflix, the icon, once you kind of like hover over the Seinfeld icon, it shows mm-hmm. them all the cast walking through a parking lot. There's an episode where they go to the mall and they park somewhere and they come out and they spend the rest of the episode looking for the car. And it's very funny. Okay, let's let's finally talk about Alfred. Since let's leave our, our Jack Harlow. Um, <laughs> anyone listening to this, please wait till the end of this podcast because the music is, def- the song is definitely going to be played at, at the end of this podcast. Um... Yeah, so Alfred, like I said, you can really track the evolution of his his character's stress throughout this. I just love how these writers, if there's one thing I'm going to miss, is how they just loved putting Brian Tyree, Henry in, in danger. And just like, because she could always just turn on his face. Just Like, even this season alone, you obviously have the farm episode, but you have, you have when he's shot at, like his friend from school is shooting at him, and you can just see the stress on That's Brian's like, face. bro, wow, true, like true, beef, true. beef that hard. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it, literally in the, the penultimate episode of the season, mm. The caption, because that's another thing about Atlanta. The like the um the descriptions of the episodes are low key hilarious, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for that one, it's like you know they're making people boy go through it again. <laughs> like when when I saw him in the woods, when I saw him and then I saw him shooting and then I saw trees, I was like, bro, you haven't learned that the forest is not for you. Like <laughs> we're here now. I'm just say I was so sure he was gonna die this episode, bro. Like once I saw that hog looking at him, I was like, Is like I was like, this guy, this guy is really going to die by hog. I genuinely, I genuinely believe that Donald Glover accepted to do. He accepted his role as Simba and Lion King. So on the, on, on one of the conditions was that they have to animate that hog for him because that CGI was way too good for how much ever effects <laughs> <laughs> are giving them. No, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, that is. I think yeah, because I thought we're using um. Because Brian was, I saw Brian in an interview. Um, it was obviously a guy in a suit, so like a mocap suit. Mm. And then I guess the CGI, but yeah, it was very good CGI. Like I was like, wait, this is this is this is like really good. Yeah. And it wasn't even like not everywhere was like it was night, but it wasn't like so dark that you can't. I was like, this is this is really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alfred realizes that he can't be a young white avatar manager after Yodo Kid dies. He realizes that like it's just like what does it say dirty or something like that um and i think that that also pushes him to like okay what what can my life look post this like what what if i can't be the shadow manager of a white rapper what do i do and then obviously soldier boy comes to him about stay farm because like a good nigger stay farm is always there for you um 
Oh so my God. The conversation with Soldier Boy leads him to having the farm, which leads to obviously episode nine. Um, and I think he's probably someone that is going to be. Like, Oibu was talking about him being at peace, and I think that's probably what the rest of his life is. Like, he's going to be at peace. Like, maybe he puts mm. up or two up. When he decides to actually retire, or maybe he doesn't retire, maybe he evolves into a country Jay-Z where he can come out with an album once in a while, but, like, he's really just living on the farm and, like, making do with his yeah. money. Aaron, obviously, is smart. Aaron is not a fool, so Aaron is probably going to make wise investments and whatever, so... And he made sure that Alfred owns all the masters. So. True, 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 true. And he said it casually, like, yeah, of course. Um, no, it's just, um, I also, I like how it shows how Atlanta plays with tone. Because um, mm-hmm. that's an episode with an active shooter. But it's still like, it's probably one of the lighter episodes of the season. <laughs> you know, um, the show, and it shows um, like darkness and light in Atlanta is very, very weird. Speaking of, you're talking about, <laughs> Ash, everything's on as well. But you're speaking about playing with Toad, and the reason that that is not as dark as it could be is because in the middle of this firefight, this boy comes to rap to to Paper Boy. I can't remember what he said. I've written down what he said because the, the rap was so stupid. It was so stupid. Like uh, that made my head actually ache a little bit because, like, bro, <laughs> you you can't read the room or what? That was, yeah. that was just so weird. No, that's just hip hop for you, man. Um, I the mean, desperation. Speaking- <laughs> Speaking of good raps, Blue Blood. I mean, I hate to take us back, but the you know, Blue Blood was played by my boy. Yeah, split by my boy Earl Sweatshirt. Bars were immaculate. Oh, I did not know that. Oh yeah, it was voiced by Earl. Oh, who was like a massive MF Doom fan. So that's like an MF Doom. Yeah, reference. no, I mean, I like I knew from yeah. like even I think MF Doom as well. Obviously, he died months before it was announced. Like from the second, you know, that was like yeah. an MF Doom mm-hmm. reference. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's Alfred, Alfred's growth season and he, he grows into, uh, I guess season one and two is like trying to make it, right? He has that hunger to make it. Season three is he's made it, but, and he thinks this is like, this is it. This is, he can do tours. He can do, not not arena, because he's doing arena tours sometime between three and four. But he's like, I can do tours, I can do this. And I was like, do I really want to do this? Like post the next five years? Like maybe yeah. my life is... It's a lot more calm because Alfred has actually, like you said, it would be Alfred has, has had his dichotomy where he, Alfred himself is a bit calm and a bit laid back. I wants to just smoke his weed. Yeah. It's people boy that wants the success. And he's like, okay, well, I'll have it. Maybe, maybe I don't have to be the biggest artist in the world. I can just get my money and, and chill at the farm. Yeah. I mean, not him taking advice from Soldier Boy. Atlanta is so funny. Like they found a way to make a Soldier, Soldier Boy. boy. Yeah. In Atlanta to make a point that made sense. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. Also, Soldier Boy is like an OG in Atlanta at this point. He's like, I think he's like my age, which is wild. He's like 30, 31, maybe 32. But I think Soldier Boy. 17 when crank in 2007, I think. I think he's 1990. Yeah. So yeah. like 32. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 32. Like, he's young, but he's old enough to be an OG, an OG in hip hop. Which is kind of and what kind that of guy was saying, though, in the YWA. Like, someone like yeah. Chief Keef. Chief Keef. When his first, when did he blow up? And it's like, when you're 30, you're beyond OG. It's time to do family yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. Like, actually done in hip hop as a 30 year old. That's mm-hmm. insane. That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like, you, you, it's, it's almost like you can keep going, but it's only as much as you can manage relevance. And that and relevance is a concept that is, well, relative. Yeah. It's something people bestow on you, right? It's in the agency of others. You can't really control it. I think the only thing that has less longevity is probably like people who play sports professionally. Mm. Like that mm. one. But I was different because you know it's coming. Yeah, you know, but this one you don't and know. And unless exactly you're Ronaldo, when. you just accept it. Yeah, exactly. And 
it, it makes me think about a lot of stuff about how only certain people get to make it to elder status in hip hop mm. in general. Like we don't have that many people that are like kind of passing down, you know, wisdom to all the little mm. this little that mm. of the of the world that we have today. You know, so I mean, you, yeah, you have um, you have Jay Z, there's Snoop, you know, so on some level, Dr. Dre, like a lot of these guys, and even people who have been around long but aren't necessarily like aged yet, like um, Soldier Boy, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, not not everybody gets to make it to the end of the road in hip hop. Either you lose relevance, or like somehow you sadly end up dying. Mm-hmm. That's something I was kind of thinking about a little bit with what happened to um, take off. to take off recently. Yeah, and yeah, like it's almost as if sometimes you don't get like you don't get to grow old in that profession, depending on where you are, and that's like a very sad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend um, Tara Berry actually talked about this a little bit in her new podcast, Pop Culture is Killing Me. And it's, it's just, it's just a really interesting thing because we were conditioned to not think about it so much because like to, to kind of the forces that control what may happen, you know, the life of someone like takeoff is something that people will mourn for a little bit and then maybe not really think about too much because they, mm. they just keep bringing new people. There'll be young white avatars to come and take his place, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of a sad cycle. So I like the idea that Alfred comes to terms with that, becomes okay with that within himself and actually takes soldiers advice to buy a farm and yeah, just farm. be able to recede there whenever necessary. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another, obviously another example of the show following, um, continuity threats. But back to what you said, I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be the rap historian, but like, I think it's obviously. The, that kind of not only even rap but that kind of rap changes so quickly like you can't be a 30 year old rap, rapping about like the street life because probably the 16 year olds are doing something completely different and you are um, out of touch sorry have you met have you met the biggest rapper around for the, like the past 10 years <laughs> Drake <laughs> <laughs> Drake is a little bit different. Drake is a little bit different because he's like, he's a, Drake is a pop star. That's fair. Like, yeah, I'm, Drake, I'm sorry if that offends anybody. And Drake is a pop well, star, is and, a pop and he, he and, and he's he's okay with that. Yeah, Drake is different. Like, he's not a hip hop OG in that way. You can't really stay quote unquote street and about treating people mm-hmm. for so long. Like, you either need to either go pop or you release one and, album in six years. And when people want that from you, it burns you out. Like, Logic actually talked about that when he quote unquote retired from hip hop. He's like, you guys want me to be talking about struggle. You want me to be talking about people hitting licks. You want me to talk about danger. Like, bro, I just want to like rap about the fact that I'm comfortable now and spend time with my son. Like, th- that's all I want. And the fact that I'm mixed race because logic does work. He like <laughs> he likes rapping about that. Oh my god, I don't. I don't people are taking shots on this episode, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I guess. Alfred, yeah, he reaches, like you said, reaches a sense of peace and the point where he's just like, I mean, sorry, just, I remember something I was going to say, but it's interesting that like someone, Alfred, who we have seen his come up, we've seen his struggles and everything, that guy in the mall thinks Alfred can put him on, right? He's like, he thinks, oh, if I can rap for Paperboy, yeah. Paperboy can like make me, like Paperboy's cosign makes me the next guy. And we're like, are you sure about that? This guy is li- this guy is struggling. Right? Are you sure that these people? But it's like, like you said, there's so there's such a dearth of like people in that stratosphere that can actually make people right. And yeah, it's, like, it's funny because um, DJ Drama made Giancarlo, so I guess mm-hmm. it's like literally the white avatar thing. 
This is still killing um, me, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that is not. I, I think that is very, very like yeah based in fact. The young yeah. white I, I don't think it's. That's. I mean, I, 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 I love this stuff. Like they wouldn't really be showing something like that if there was if it if if there wasn't part of it rooted in truth. I mean, we know mm. that Donald Glover is literally a rapper. So I, I mean, it, there's one there's one episode where they're with. I th- is it Clark County? And they're in the studio, and then like the engineer is having problems with the system, and oh, then they yeah, ask these guys to yeah. leave. Yeah. And Clark and just steps out. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go." And then they ask. And I know um, for a fact that Donald Glover has experienced that. Yeah, he's like, like so he, because obviously you know that that engineer is not okay. Like we know that probably till today he's not okay. Yeah. And Donald mm-hmm. Glover was like, "Yeah, this is something that he's witnessed before. Like he's seen they've they've seen a situation." Oh, did he say so? Like I heard that I, like in an interview. They talked about yeah, how like I, he's not yeah, like he's I not going to name names, but like that's something that he's kind of seen, like where people have to kind of be fearful. Do you guys remember when um, Kanye posted like the text messages between him and his? I think it was like an audio engineer, and Kanye messages him. Oh, I've tuned out Kanye for years. No, no, no. <laughs> this is this is, this is this is this is really good. No, you have, to, you have to tell me what it is, God. I don't remember. I, I didn't see it. So you have to tell me. Kanye basically says, oh, you're supposed to be here at 7. Uh, at, you're supposed to be here at 9, at 8, um, at 10 a.m. It's 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, oh, sorry, I overslept. I'm on my way. And Kanye is like, you guys, don't come anymore. Find God. <laughs> Find God. <laughs> that's, yep, that's the thing that, that's the that's thing that happened. That's <laughs> <all> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Find God. Oh, God. Um, just imagine. <laughs> I mean, just w- while we're on, I just remember the engineer. When you talk about engineer, remember um, people boy pouring Hennessy on the, the deck just because some guy named Doug was around. <laughs> and then he saved his life and he had to record with him. Oh my Bruh, God. The fact that they played that song in the credits it's was not, too much. It's not, it's not music, it's just sounds. Um, was, there is absolutely no, like they had, you, that's the kind of thing that you have to work hard to make something sound that discordant. That bad. Yeah. Especially when there are so many talented musicians around. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the finale. Um, I think it's very very Atlanta to to give us such big like Darius revelations in the finale where we have when we, mm-hmm. we have no time to deal with it and, and act mm-hmm. upon them. I was like, why yep. are you telling me this now? I I, I need to literally. Think, I need to re- relax with this. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought the finale was. I thought it was at that point. I was like, okay, so the finale is just going to be like a normal Darius episode. Like, there's nothing. Um, Atlantary in the finale. There's nothing that's gonna be like gonna change the way we perceive the show. And then the show was like, Haha, "You thought until Thick um, Judge Judy showed up." <laughs> yeah, or did she? Um, like, right. You guys think Atlanta is, is Twin Peaks? I mean, that's literally that. That's literally what yeah, they've said. It's called the Twin Peaks with rappers. Mm-hmm. It's not Twin so Peaks. So, what did we think of the finale? Did we enjoy the finale? What do we think of the Darius revelations? Um, I did like the finale. I thought it was an interesting ride. I thought it said a lot about black culture um but i I, I find it interesting that it put that sort of in the background and then made darius the a plot because <laughs> usually darius is not I the too, a plot. i too want to put that in the background <laughs> i don't necessarily like yeah i no. don't have any opinions i just like i don't i don't really want to debate black, co- black yeah people I, going to I, I, th- I think on some level right that whole thing i mean just i guess touching on that that um, black culture b plot for a moment mm. i think i think it was somewhat fine I wonder if it's something that Glover feels himself. But at the same time, I think that if it's something that we sort of should be thinking about um, as a community, it might have been better to kind of explore it through kind of a more conversational or nuanced 
subtle way that the show usually does things through its own surrealism rather than have Demarcus like talk at them. So it's kind of like sounding a little bit preachy in a sense. Preachy mm. yet condescending. But at the same time, I mean, it worked in the context of the episode. But if we're looking at the deeper meanings of what he was saying and its implications, I wonder mm-hmm. if that's kind of how it comes off. Because at the same time, like, yeah, every, everything he said was true, but you still have to kind of be in the right place at the right time for certain things to work. He's like, yeah, you know, they said, you know, make the best sushi and the customers will come. Well, sure, maybe on some level, but you position yourself opposite a Popeye's and you wanted black people to come inside. You could have been and anywhere you're an else. you're old blockbuster. And you're in an old blockbuster, which is kind of like bad luck. That's just bad yeah. luck. <laughs> There's a reason those people aren't there anymore. Even, which even reminds me, you know, Netflix is making a, a series called a movie called Blockbuster, which is out. so it's so yeah, rude. That, <laughs> like that is so rude. It's, it's terrible behavior, honestly. Imagine like, if what? the victors that's on the graves. Imagine if Fifty Cent just bought all of Jarul's masters. That is it is impossible? So is it impossible for Fifty Cent to do that? Not, not really. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, but but yeah, I I think I think that part of it was sort of an interesting thing, especially since you know black people knowing that there's poison in something, or them might be poison, might not want to try it. Mm-hmm. But that and obviously Darius kind of removes them from that situation. But the day he has is very interesting because he's really kind of trying to think about whether like like how much of what he's seeing is real. And mm-hmm. I talked before about how Darius is okay with kind of being confused, but mm-hmm. in this episode we find Darius trying harder like not that hard but still harder than we usually see him try to define what is actually going on mm-hmm. right um he gets picked up by London and you know we find out that that's kind of a dream that that, that whole sequence I mean like as, as, as somebody who has who has driven on the in the on the roads of America that thing was just stressing me out I'm not even gonna I wonder lie. how the like brainstorming session goes in like the Atlanta right like maybe oh dogs like well maybe London is drinking and then and, and, and Stephen is like she just chugs the entire bottle of vodka and then Stephen Robinson is like yeah and she steals the cup's gun it's like what is going on no, why, like, why are every, we getting every worse? step of that thing were like were just making me scream like I didn't who, who would have thought that it's that a scene like that would stress me as much as the hog from the previous episode right but literally I was watching this when like, she chugs down when she started bottle, chugging like, it that, I was just like, like my, my jaw dropped to the floor because you I was know, like, like she, okay, she, so. she, I definitely gonna find a way to the hospital now. She, she chugged there. And she they went, showed her taking her time to she chug went, it. She went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. Bro, her, like her guts should be on fire. Like that, that was that was just wild on so many levels. The then she's able to like, walk Jesus in the street like she's dancing. And then he asks her this obscure question about this TV show. And she answers. Yeah. And then everything is fine. I'm like, oh wow. Darius too. He's like, oh wow. I guess, I guess that went okay. Then she takes the gun and then panic ensues. Then they hit this random person who comes into the road. Then she comes out of the car and starts sprinting. And then he realizes the gun is in his hand. Yo, if he didn't wake up at that point, I'd have been like, yo, at last so, we do this. Please. The reason, <laughs> and we'll talk about this in a second, but the reason there can even be a debate as to whether Darius sees, um, thick Judge Judy or normal Judge Judy is because everything you just described, apart from, the gun appearing in Darius's hand can happen. Can in happen Atlanta, in so. Atlanta, yeah, yeah. And, so and, like, and that's why it plays it, with our expectations. It's not really that far fetched. Yeah, in exactly. An Atlanta episode. It wasn't far fetched. Um, it was just stressful. Yeah, and obviously Darius goes, and we realize. Obviously, we see Darius goes to we realize that both his parents and his brother have passed away. His brother was, obviously and he can't Ill. procreate. So Darius is the only person 
who doesn't really get to have legacy. Wait, where was that? Did I miss he that? mentioned in season three that he can't procreate. I think oh, his testicles oh, okay. have been removed. So, you know, he's lost his brother. He doesn't have parents. And I don't like that. It's the one Nigerian guy who has to suffer all this. And he's kind of just like a, like a hanger on. I mean, a friend asked, like, I, I don't know. It's like, I've had people ask, like, oh, what is Darius's role in this group? Like, what does he do? And actually, somebody even asked me um, about this last night. And I was like, he's their friend. And we just started laughing because honestly, what is Darius's job? I mean, he clearly adds value, but I think it's very telling that none of them and none of us who watch the show can clearly define the value, what the, that value is that Darius is bringing to the table. But, but I mean, we know that there will be nothing Darius. without him. Darius is a bad boy. <laughs> is that just it? No, I was going to say everybody loves him. Like, yeah. he's the best out of everybody. Like, Ern says, he's the only person I trust. Like, he's also very useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can't, he doesn't feel, like, he, he's just that person who can. You remember episode one of season one? He was the one who shot that guy, wasn't he? No. I think that was Alfred. That was Alfred. No. Alfred was it Al? the gun. It was I Alfred. I think it was Darius. Yeah, I think it was Al. It was Alfred, because, like, he had the gun to his chest. But Darius has has come clutch in a lot of ways. Like, remember, even when we first meet him, what's he doing? He's holding a knife. He's standing by the door, and he's holding a knife. And then as soon as he realizes Ern is not a threat, he offers him a cookie. Yeah. Like, if that's not the... Like, that's just two sides already. And then the part where Ern needs some money, and then he takes him through this whole thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to get you this dog. And then the money from that dog eventually comes back, and Ern is like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, and then Van and Darius have a connection. Yeah. Um, Alfred obviously loves Darius. I think they've only ever, like, they have that one part in season two, episode one, where they are fighting about something and nobody knows what it's about. Mm-hmm. And then they have the part in, the, in season three where it's like, you know you're not going to pay. What, what are you doing right now? But, like, you can obviously tell that, like, they love each other. And So, yeah, I don't know. Like, we can't, I don't know. He's he's living life. Man, Darius is living the best life out of everybody here. He doesn't have to work. Where everybody yeah. loves him and he I, gets paid for I like stuff. that he's comfortable. He's probably that, doing stuff for money. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, also, that, that we just be, don't know about, right? Yeah, he must be. He, he must also be doing really well. Because do you remember that you know the classic scene that's been going around recently of um, Ern saying, "You know, I need money now. You know, I can't wait till later. I can't." You know, my Darius mm-hmm. gets yeah, the yeah, ball yeah. and he goes Season on that. One, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. big barrel. You know, that's like Darius clearly has some disposable income. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has. I mean, he, he's even talked about how he has to. He changes his phone every month so they don't track him. And I think that's also something I, I I think about sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like you even when they were in the most like struggle defining situations, this guy was still able to do that. He, like, he had, had priorities. Yeah. He had like Darius. Darius is not as if he didn't have to worry about anything. He just didn't worry about anything, and that kind of made him an interesting like mix up in in the tone of the show i like that a lot even though he doesn't end up getting to have a legacy he's kind of part of the legacy of his family and friends and mm-hmm. i think it's very it, it's, it's very cool that the show ends on him plus who knows like maybe actual judge judy is thick i mean she's she's okay. she's wearing a robe we don't know let's <laughs> okay that's 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 a choice he made uh... <laughs> we don't know what darius okay. sees I mean, so yeah, okay. That's that's interesting that you just said that with it because it kind of opens a window into your into your thinking. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I do want to do this because it's, it's quite bait. It's quite obvious, but I guess we have to mm-hmm. do it. Um, yeah. Somebody's gonna want us to do it. <laughs> we have to ask. Like, what do you guys think? Do you guys think? What do you think, Darius sees? Do you think Darius sees thick George Judy or normal George Judy? Do you think? Do you think they're in a simulation? Do you think it's normal, quote unquote? What do you guys think? Everybody else, no, TMT, sorry you. Um, I don't think it matters, honestly. I think since um, we saw that invisible car in the first episode, like, it's always been really, 
it's always nothing really matters at this point. <laughs> what, what, where do we live? Yeah, truly. Atlanta 100% doesn't take place in our universe. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a parallel universe, 100%. And who else has the capacity to really pull off a parallel universe? Who more so than Darius's imagination? Or what's more so than yep. Darius's imagination? So you think he's still in the tank? I think it's very possible. I think the first time he saw Thick Judy, he didn't smile, did he? He was just kind of relieved. Oh, at the end. Yeah, yeah no, he was no, no, relieved no, no. that he had Earlier. something to hold on to. Like he had an yeah. anchor for reality. Um, but th- yeah. I think at the end when he's smiling, we don't get to know because on some level he could be smiling because it's thick Judge Judy and it's a dream. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think actually he could be smiling because, you know, it's regular Judge Judy and he realizes that, oh, this is fine. I'm happy. T- I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I will say though that I think it's quite possible that it is a dream, not because of anything that's happening in that specific scene, just because of the way he comes and not even because of the pink Maserati. Because that's very possible. I, I, I mean, <laughs> for, I, I think 100%. it's more because of the yeah. I, I think it's more because of the way he comes in and hits Demarcus across the face. Just mm-hmm. because, how did he know what they were going through in that moment? Like, how did he know what to save them from? That's the only no, thing that's wait, making me feel that. So, way. what are you saying? You're saying that the end of the show is a dream. What about rather the end of the episode? What about the beginning of the episode? What about the I think, other? No, I think it's both. Nine like, I think everything that happened in this series happened in the world of the show i think as far as the as the 10th episode of the final season is concerned we we know what is a dream and what is reality except for that last scene and i think that last scene might be a dream just because of how he punches the marcus and the fact that there was no, no, no real okay way. there's like there's no Sorry, real way he would have known. i don't know i'm feeling like i feel like i mean a few good men now I want you to give me an give me an answer. Like, I'm tell trying me what to. You, I'm trying. No, 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 no. You're you're hedging. Tell me what you think. <laughs> Gone to your head. Is it a dream or is it not a dream? No, I'm saying I think it's a dream, and I'm trying to explain why. No, but I think the implication of the of that is that whatever happens in that moment is the truth for the entire show. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. I think that moment actually happened. I think there is a dream version of Darius going through that. And I think that they are also actually in that place trying to have a good time before Ernan so Van leave for LA. If the camera was over his shoulder, what do we see on the TV? Thick Judge Judy or normal? I've said Thick Judy so many times on this episode. Thick Judge Judy or normal Judge Judy? What do we see? We can just call her TJJ. Uh, but no, but I like saying Thick Judge Judy. T double J. Yeah, it has. Unfortunately, has. Wait, what's your answer? Um, what do we I'm, see? I'm, I'm like, a, like I'm cross-examining you. Yeah, I've I've been thinking I've been think I, I I waited to kind of watch all this, um, at least this these final parts. So I actually just watched this last night and I've been thinking about it because I knew you'd come for me. Um, but I I actually do think that he sees thick Judge Judy simply because simply because like I said, he of what happens to Demarcus. Like I think what happens in that room when they're all together happens, but I think Darius's version of it is a dream. Because there is no way he could have known to come in and punch Demarcus at that exact moment. Even no, within the confines of Atlanta. Sees, it, it's a very confrontational stand, standoff. Like, Demarcus, they must stand on one side and the others are standing okay, on the But how did he side. know they needed Popeyes? And that they were trying to leave that place? Because it's a dream. Exactly. But, but if that's a dream, that means everything is a dream. It means... Okay, that's, the, that, that's where I draw the line. I, I don't think everything is a dream. I think that I just think the, the context of the, of the episode that, are a dream. I don't think it's. I don't think it's trying to make far-reaching implications as to everything we've is. seen. Okay. So I mean, look.
there is no there's no answer there's no right or wrong answer definitely not but this entire show has been <laughs> a simulation Darius's brain. That's very. I don't know. I guess that's a more, that's a more fun um, explanation for I me. Mean, it is also fun. explains the invisible cars, man. It explains Teddy Perkins. It explains Mister Chocolate. It just explains so much. I mean, perhaps. However, I don't know. I I feel like I don't have enough reason at the moment to draw the conclusion that it was all a dream, even though that's what the final episode is literally called. You need more reasons than invisible cars. <laughs> I think it's a dream for the writers, but for all of us, it's reality. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so much hedging going on in this episode. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think there is any right or wrong answer. I think, like TMT said, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, exactly. Just how great an actor like Keith is, because I think you can interpret that expression in his face whichever way you want. Like, whichever way helps your agenda, you can put it like that. Like, oh, he's relieved there's a dream. Oh, he's relieved there's no dream, whatever. But and this, um, yeah, and this redeems him from you know what he did on Clubhouse that one time, and that's facts. Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss this show. I feel like this show could, like, I don't know. This show could have gone on for more seasons, right? Like, it, obviously, for yeah. obvious reasons, it can't because these people are incredibly busy. But like, it, it's a show that it didn't need to end. I'm sure after four seasons, like, it's not like a succession is running to a final story point or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's talk about the legacy of Atlanta. What the legacy of Atlanta leaves behind? Um, Maybe they'll pick it up, like, like, like actual Twin Peaks that came back 25 years later. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this show could probably come back and be like, we want to give you six episodes in seven years' time or whatever. Yeah, even Futurama the, did the it. The Twin Peaks get cancelled in the show, in the show run. Yeah, I have like no it, idea. It stopped and then they brought it back, like, over two decades later. It was yeah, but was it stopping? Was that cancellation was or was it like I'm, just... I'm not sure if it was a cancellation or not. I think in Futurama's case, it might have been a cancellation, but they brought that one back too. <laughs> so... Um, okay, let's talk about, let's talk about the legacy of the show, Atlanta. I mean, I didn't realize this until I did some research today. But Atlanta premiered a month before Insecure. Yes, it did. In 2016. It did, yeah. I would have thought Insecure was like three years before Atlanta. At all. Like, I, ju- I did not think that they were the same four. Um, well, so I think, like, obviously, Insecure follows immediately after um, Atlanta, like I just said. But this should change so much about TV for me. Uh-huh. And, like, first of all, like, you have non-white casts in prestige tv like let's not like obviously you had black led shows before but they were not one was because tv was not giving the kind of attention it was back then when girlfriends was on or something like that or living single but like um now you were talking about prestige tv you're talking about, and then they were not just white male anti-heroes they were like black people atlanta yeah. to kill stuff like that and I'm sure maybe there's a show that I can't remember, but like this was definitely the first show that I was like, oh, this is what TV can do. Prestige TV where black people are in are in the forefront and the focus is in their blackness. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to be a drama. You don't have to be a comedy. You can literally be both in the same scene. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Brian Terry Henry has talked about how they didn't expect Atlanta to be received as a comedy. I think they just... Mm, that was interesting. Like, they, they, they didn't expect it to be received. They just thought it would be stuff happening, people trying to make sense of that stuff. But then like... He says that in the end, you just actually have to laugh at the, at the pain and the, just the rea- the reality of certain things. 
because sometimes it's so real that it's kind of surreal. You're like, how, how are certain things actually happening? And the characters go through that. And because of that, we end up going through it with them, even though it's clearly a parallel universe. I mean, or a dream. The, one of the episodes that really clinched that idea for me was season one, episode five, the, where Justin Bieber shows up and he's black. Like, I could never have, <laughs> I could never have predicted the kind of madness that was going to happen in that episode. And that just showed me that these people were not afraid. They were just doing whatever the heck they wanted. Another thing that really, when I say this is what TV can do, that really, I was like, I don't think I had seen a TV show that would just spend an entire episode following a character that like, was not important before. Mm-hmm. Master of None had this particular episode where they kind of followed different people in New York and then that was the gimmick for the episode. There's a page where they're following um, a deaf woman and everything. That was really cool. But I was like, oh, this is a show that just like all of a sudden, Darius, who I thought was the funny sidekick, has his episode. Mm. Like Van, who is the baby mama, has her episode. I was like, oh, I didn't know TV could do things like this before. And in terms of legacy, I I think personally, I think you don't need to look too far like to see the impact of Atlanta. Like, you need to just, all you need to do is check FX and Hulu. Just check those two networks. You have yeah. Rami, you have Reservation Dogs, you have Dave. And I'm just like, that. those shows don't exist without Atlanta. If, even, even on Netflix, you have more. Mo. You have mm-hmm. a bunch of English and Irish shows and all of that. And I, 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 think, I think I think Atlanta and Insecure coming together just inspired so oh, and yeah. gave way for so many things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, that's a whole different podcast on its own. That's like the kind of the... Yeah. The emboldening of black creatives it's like it's a real movement. telling them that we are profitable because like, that obviously happens 2016 uh, get out comes out 2015 mm-hmm. so that's obviously helping jordan peele on the movie um, side and all that to like is it 2015 yeah i think it was 2015 i think it was 17 it was one of those areas yeah. anyway but my point is like mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure all around 20, it's yeah, just like oh time, sure. so that's a whole different podcast and so well yeah i was just like oh this is like it's very very easy to like i don't think people have Lots of people that praise Reservation Dogs in season one, like the things they praise them for, the same things they praise Atlanta for. Like not only the fact that they're obviously focusing on um people of color, like also Rami and, and Mo, but it's like they are very experimental in their storytelling. They can give you a horror episode in one yeah. episode, and next episode is a fantasy episode, and next is a drama. It's just like I did not know those were things that could happen on TV. They take real risks. Facts. I know it might sound a bit hyperbolic, but that's just the truth. Like TV was TV. You were either breaking bad. Or you were Veep, right? Like, you were <laughs> friends, or you were Madman. Like, you just, you were something. You were that show and stuck to that. And Atlanta really came on. And, and I think it buzzed out open. And said, we're not going to be anything. It was just going to be boxed. We're not going to be boxed in. I think I think that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, and, and obviously, the population of the show shot its stars. Like, all four of the stars are, if not movie stars, they are very well-respected and well-known. They're household names Yeah. now. Every single one. Someone like Hero, who... Atlanta was the first TV show, he, was the first narrative thing he ever directed. Like, he'd done, obviously, his music videos for Donald Trump. Yeah, Love, he, he was doing music videos before, yeah. Um, and then he's doing Atlanta. Now he's, like, one of the most sought-after TV directors. He's doing Barry, he's doing Station Eleven. He's doing, like, so he's, like, yeah. Stephanie Robinson is, I think she's co-showrunner of What We Do in the Shadows. It's just, like, you know a show is good when everybody on just, like, the wave just takes Everybody's everyone. doing well. Every, everyone just goes, oh, yeah. And just, Insecure yeah. did something similar, too, for its own people. Mm-hmm. Um it's that is a very very nice thing to see um i think i think the legacy is is really something great um in that way i also like the fact that they they didn't feel pressure to keep it going you know they've i mean it's not as if anybody was pushing them out yeah as a tv show you kind of want to stop at a point where you know you can give 
somewhat satisfying endings and have people wanting more, but understanding that where they've stopped is okay. You don't like overstaying your welcome is kind of becoming a lost. Is is coming like not overstaying your welcome is kind of becoming a lost art in a sense. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows don't know that just because of like focus on profit and stuff. But obviously you have to balance um, profits with creativity and such. But I think they, they told a fine line and, and it really kind of, um, worked for them. You know, we really see the characters grow. We see them, you know, learn about certain things, even in terms of this whole legacy thing and what it's done with pop culture. I mean, we talked about the impact on, you know, um, the black community. We've talked about kind of how it's opened up doors for the people working on it. But I think there's a certain, there's a certain impact on whiteness <laughs> as a concept that Atlanta has had that is probably worth mentioning. Um, in season three, I don't know if it was just me, but I feel like there was a lot of this sentiment where, um, black people were kind of becoming significant detractors, um, for Donald Glover saying that this show is actually kind of made for white people. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, there were people who were saying that the show was made to, to kind of appease them. There are people who are saying the show was made to yeah. indict them. Mm-hmm. There are people who are somewhere in the middle. I do think on some level, season three is kind of an interesting perspective. That is, it's kind of like the show is opening up its craziness to kind of a level that, um, white people might be used to kind of exploring in a lot of TV that focuses more on their stories. It's kind of, there's certain amount, there's certain aspects of that craziness that comes in in a way that is a little bit different from the language visually of seasons one and two. And on some level, I think that might be partly because they have money. Like there's certain problems that they have mm. that, that makes sense. um, in, in the original seasons that a lot of people of, um, that might not be minorities just would not really be going through, especially in a place like Atlanta. You know, we see the tour woes. We see w- when this socks <laughs> socks is one of the most interesting things in this show to me, but socks shows up. Forgot about him. And then there's, you see all the, all the things that, that come from that. We see like Amsterdam, all, all, all that stuff, you know, like I think, and then of course we can't forget Liam Neeson's cameo. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I remember, like, people really came for them on that. Some people really applauded it, but some people kind of came for them saying that, like, you're kind of giving this man a platform to kind of, um, kind of dumb down the genius of the show for people who might not have worked hard to appreciate or understand that genius mm-hmm. otherwise. Like, if they weren't black, uh, things like that. I mean, all these different parts of the discourse that, um, I found very interesting. So I think it kind of leaves that legacy. And, and obviously it, that's a good thing because, the fact that it's able to kind of inspire such discussion means that it really did kind of make an impact because as much as we're talking about all the praise it's receiving and how that's going to continue to go down, there's also the aspect of the show's existence that sort of is embroiled in disagreement slash controversy slash, you know, debates about the culture and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it kind of brings up the, 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 the secondary question of who is this show for? Like the primary question is, what is this show about? The secondary question is, who is this show for? And the question, and it can be for everybody. It can also be for nobody. I think it just depends on where people stand and how open their minds are because the stuff that happens in the show is, well, mm-hmm. not stuff that would really happen in our world. Even like, even something like the Darius's dream that we just saw, like we're all very worried 
about that scene yeah. when when the police showed up for a for for a very specific reason, right? But Atlanta consistently presents us with situations where the, the black people in this show are going through some very dangerous things and they kind of just laugh it off. Or like they come they come off mostly unscathed in a way that they don't necessarily do in our own world. And I think that, you know, that opens up more that conversation that I'm referring yeah. to. Tim, what are you going to say? I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm just like this because I have a flu. I'm sorry. Do you remember um, yeah. in season two of Succession when they have the dinner? So it's Roman, um, Tabitha, Shiv, and Tom. And then Tom is wearing his scarf. Yes. And then Shiv is like, oh, Tom wants everyone to know that yes. he has a cold. That's why he's wearing a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I just remembered when you were like, I'm dressed like this because I have a flu. But sorry, continue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was literally my reason. I was thinking about Tom literally in, when, I, when I did this, but <clears throat> I actually have a flu, and I was like, you know, what? I should be dressing warmer. I live in Nigeria, by the way. What was I even going to? I was going to ask mm. you guys the entire cast of Atlanta. Um, what? Well, which of their projects are you looking forward to the most? Um, <sighs> mm. interesting. I don't. It, I guess it have to be Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Because mm. like I don't know what else they are doing. Like, I yeah, I think Zazie's doing. Is she jo- is she doing Joker too? What? I think she's doing another Deadpool. I don't know if she's doing. I don't Joker know. If she's doing, I don't know. Brian Terry Henry has some um, interesting stuff coming up too, from what I've heard. He already has, he already has a movie People out with, with Jennifer. Did you say Eternals too? <laughs> yeah, actually Eternals too. I know you hate Eternals. It was yeah, boring and shit, but like, so that's not the worst crime a movie has committed. Yeah, I don't really know what they like what they have coming. Like, but I'm, but. To follow up that point, that question, I'm excited for anything like they're gonna do because I think, I mean, like he he hasn't sleep he hasn't sleepwalked through Atlanta definitely not. Yeah. He got to show a different side of him that we know. But like when you then see someone like Judas and Black Messiah, you're like, oh, you have talent running out of your <laughs> out of every part of your body. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not. So he definitely it's not as if he man. was like he wasn't phoning anything for Atlanta. But then like, he got you go like, oh, you can do Judas and Black Messiah and you can be like the funny stoner dude. Well, I mean, Lakeith is—he's got this project for Apple TV coming. It's called The Changeling, and the premise is a man goes in search mm-hmm. of his wife after she does something horrific in the aftermath of the birth of their first child. I'm imagining she killed the first child because what else could she do? Jesus, that was so horrific. I think spe- speaking of um, like even Apple TV Plus, like Brian Terry Henry, he's he's going to be on Causeway. Yeah, it's That's out. One of the projects out. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Causeway's out. Yes, he's really good in that. He has he has one scene that is just. But before we get to Brian. So wait, Likid, is he the man? Yeah, he's the husband who goes on the... Who is directing it? Who directing um, well, let me see. It is directed by... and Oh, as I live and breathe. He's an executive producer as well on it. But it is directed by Melina Matsukas. Oh, she was an oh. insecure director, yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, she was... Insecure director and, and producer, she, yes. She directed Queen Asma, in, in case you haven't heard of that. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah, she I did love it. that you guys went straight to Insecure. She <laughs> and she did a Nike commercial. And then uh, she did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she did. Um, she directed a video of Formation <laughs> by Beyonce. <laughs> she oh, does some yeah. interesting stuff for sure. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I think Brian is the best actor in this, in this group. I think, yeah, he's the best performer. His 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 range is mad because because like I said he he's playing two people mm-hmm. he's playing two people in this series throughout and these two people that he's playing are going through two different character progressions right while being mm-hmm. the same person it's it's mad 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, he's a voice actor too. Like, so. oh, Spider. Oh, actually, Spider Verse might be the answer. Yeah, because he's come. He, Spider Verse. Yeah, that's is what the I'm answer. saying. Like, th- 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 that's what I'm hinting at. Like, um, across the Spider Verse. Yeah, no, because James's question about what are you most looking forward to? It might actually be Spider Verse. Actually, that's actually yeah. So for, for me, it's probably. Yeah, I mean, that it's funny because really, because I loved Into when you the think about um, T Henry's like actual like do his actual um, persona when he's in interviews and stuff. He's like a giddy, excited, mm-hmm, child, and then mm-hmm. he plays people boy. Who plays Al? Oh, who is this stoic? sort of angry old man and he does it so well I legit thought that was his personality and I haven't felt that way since I was a child with actors um, you know um, Brian is probably one of my best he's definitely my best actor in, in this cast I, I think he's good I said recently about how I think he's like this is partly because he doesn't get enough good roles but he's also someone that just has been able to distill like whenever I think of him I think of mm. scenes like I think of I don't know if you've seen If Bill Street Could Talk I think of the scene there I think of this scene in Widows with Viola Davis. I think of, the, there's a scene in Causeway by The Bench, which is incredible. Like, he just manages to, like, put an entire movie's worth of emotional journey into one scene. And he's just always Ooh. so good. Like, he had... Very salient moments. He had one scene in If Bill Street Could Talk, and people were saying he should be noted for an Oscar. Like, just with one scene. Like, he, I'm not saying he had one good scene. He was literally in the movie for one scene. And obviously, Donald Glover, I am a fan of him as a creative. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'll be there. And, but yeah, and I think that Keith is good. I think that he's good. So, anyway, um, I think that might be a good point to wrap up. Um, we didn't talk much about Van this episode, but that was, that was, that was my fault. That was mostly because I felt like if we start talking about Mr. Chocolate, that was a whole tour episode. Talking about Mr. Chocolate and Tyler Perry, so I was like, let me just skip yeah. that for this one. I do think it was cool of them to do that episode, though. I don't know if Tyler Perry thinks so as well, but he has millions. Like, That's has why billions. I think it's cool. He's fine. He's, he has, he, like, he has Tyler Perry is a billionaire now. I think, you know, you should be open to certain like criticisms or you should expect it. But it's, it's funny of all the things they could come for in this world or to add to the list of things that they come for. Yeah. It's, it's funny to me that Tyler Perry was put on sorry, that list. Sorry, but yeah, when they yeah. poured the grits on him and he said grits have no effect on me, I passed out. That is insane <laughs> writing. <laughs> And then after that, he's like, "Yo, I've, lo- I've lost a lot of blood. Can you can you get me?" <laughs> um, guys, TMT will thank you very much for coming on. TMT will be back like I said later this week. It will be back sometime soon, definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, jo- Judy has got up from her chair, and she may or may not be thick. Hashtag thick Joe Judy. Hashtag TJJ. Hashtag Judy with the fr- with the fruity. <laughs> Jesus. So that means so it's time to get out of here. That's our, that's our, that's our execute. <laughs> um, thank you everybody for coming on. And yes, guys, please join us next week when we'll be joined by Oscar winner, Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. Right. Say hi to Daniel for me. Bye. I will, of course, always. He has to buy you. <laughs> Still owes me money. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses, a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Okay, boulevards, avenues, full of cars, passing through, after school, three o'clock in the afternoon, a bunch of white dudes acting cool, and we come from a hood where the kids well raised, and the parents well paid, everything smells great, soccer moms, many fans, 4.0, chess club, district champ, now that's a lot of well played, but the white kids wanna be black kids, so we talk in a fake accent, and act like we know what swag is, but we're all just really average, quit acting like you know hip-hop, listening to kids bop, and the iPod touch with the music up, and the music sucks, man, it flow so tight, should I loosen up, man, I used to love playing sports, 
Didn't know what I was aiming for Cause the realization hit me Earlier than most kids Thinking you can go pro No really, that's atrocious So now with these holes on my socks And my flow pillow drop on the road To the top so the show doesn't stop smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her a Harlo, my family name got ambition cause I plan to be great and all I really want is a group of girls like Danny can you can stand in my way with a hand on my face I'ma still throw it up, all the girls know what's up and they got me aroused, got me aroused so you got the homework can I copy it down, man I'm probably bound to get destroyed, but I spit the noise some kids enjoy, but the girls in my class all get annoyed cause I'm immature and I beat on my desk to release all the stress that I have inside so I have to rhyme and rap these lines that I pack and tight these notebooks My chicken scratch, forget my past when I rip the track And all you heard is Lil Wayne I be bumping Sugar Hill Gang and that Wu-Tang No 2 chains, but he's catchy like 2 chains. sexy, I'm Moose Gang and I rep that I said that and meant it Please check back and visit So fresh and exquisite Yo neck snaps so vividly when I'm in these streets JK Bryan in these streets Man it's funny how industry sounds like industries Cause the industry is filled with people in the streets I'm so advanced, I'm so advanced Sometimes I think a guy like me should wait 10 years before I release these rhymes I speak Oh my God, give me some privacy, huh? Mr. Harlan